So today we are actually continuing on um, the book of Judges, and um, I'm going to be speaking from the book of Judges, chapter 6 to 7. So last week, just to recap for a little bit, that Pastor Lee Chu and Pastor Wayan preached two very powerful messages on, um, are you willing? Just like what Pastor Steph just shared just now, right? Are you willing? And when they covered these stories about people like Deborah, Jail, and then there was, you know, Barak and all that, these are people who were really very willing to go into battle for the Lord. And I really love that particular chapter. In fact, like from Judges 4 to 5, I was hoping that I would be the one preaching that message. You know why? Because women power. <laughs> okay, so like it was Deborah and Jael that actually won the battle. And I believe that women have a place in the house of the Lord and His kingdom as well. And all women say, Amen. Yeah, so once again, I thought uh, I want to introduce myself properly. For those of you who are not familiar with me, you might see me on stage once in a while, but this is probably your first time hearing me preach a message. So um, I can share with you personally why Deborah, that story is so special to me, because that was actually the passage from Judges 4 to 5 that led me to say yes to leadership. I don't like to lead. I always have this mindset that I should be second in line, you know. I'm, I have a very, I guess, like traditional mindset that I feel that men should rise up to lead and then the women just follow. So, <laughs> uh, a bit old school, right? But I felt that the Lord wanted to change my mindset and here I am today. So, I said yes to leadership um, in 2011. Can I have the slides, please? So, 2011, that's me right there. Uh, if you can see, it's really, really small. 2011, I actually say yes to sell leadership. So it's been about 10 years. I've been a, I was once a cell leader and now after 10 years, I became a pastor. So for those of you, of you who are cell leaders, beware, you might be a pastor one day. <laughs> and all the cell leaders say, Amen. <laughs> okay, all right. So um, as you can see from this picture, you know, there are, I think there are some familiar faces in the house. Um, they might be from different services. This was taken by Justin, I believe, like he still worships in this church as well. The photos were taken. They were all, we were all cell members and that was actually a cell multiplication party where um, we multiplied, the cell group was called Crossover and we literally crossed over from Joshua 3 and became two CGs, two cell groups. So I took one and um, of course the rest is history. So yeah, because I said yes to leadership, I want to say this, you know, I've been so thankful in the last 10 years that I have the front row seat to see what the Lord is actually doing in this wonderful church. You know, SIVKL is a great church. If you guys agree, just say a loud amen. So that Pastor Chu can hear, he's on holiday right now, but I'm sure he's tuning in online. So <laughs> we're just saying that, you know, this is a great church, right? So just recently, we actually had our leaders advance just last week, right? We had over 800 leaders and calls coming together into Bangunan Yin here to just kind of like share about what's going to happen in 2023. And also we talked about the transition for the church as well. And man, I've got to say that the atmosphere was just so amazing. Like it was just so good. There was a lot of resonance even in the house. And we believe that God is going to propel this church forward to take frontiers. Amen? Yeah, I kind of gave it away already. That's the theme for 2023. So um, I feel one thing I've got to say is that in the last 10 years, I've been really very humbled. From being a small Kuchirat core to a cell leader, and then today, I have the privilege to actually lead um, the media ministry. 
Uh, anybody from Mac team here? Give me a big shout. I know some of you are here. Yes, hi. So Mac team, um, I've been having that opportunity to be a media pastor. And that's my team right there. You can see here, multimedia. And of course, 2022 is also a very pivotal year for me because I had the privilege to also lead the campus student ministry, YAC. Anyone here from YAC? Hi. Thank you so much for coming to um, support me for, so that I will be less nervous, okay? So, all right. So, I've been entrusted with much. As you know, when you look at this screen, it's like, whoa, okay, you've got a lot going on there. At least maybe that's what in your head, or at least that's what I think, right? And it felt like as if, you know, I've got everything all put together, that I, am, I have all the chops to be a leader. Uh, I can, it seems like, okay, la, she can hold the mic and speak, speak pretty decently if you've heard me service direct and host the services once in a while. And to be honest, I would say that it's not always the case for me because for those of you who, don't, who know me well, I actually don't like public speaking. I get very, very nervous about it. In fact, I wear a Fitbit and it is actually at 143 BPM right now because I am very, very nervous. I'm not kidding. So I don't even need to run. I just need to stand on stage to speak and I'll be that nervous, okay? So encourage me a little bit. If you resonate with anything, just say amen so that I know that you're, you guys are listening, okay? So, yeah. So anyways, the last two years, it's been the pandemic, right? And um, so... I have been excused for the last two years for not preaching. I told Pastor Chiu that, oh yeah, multimedia team, very busy, very busy, very busy because you have to do online service and all that. Please don't put me up on stage to preach and all that. And I low-key was very happy, lah, you know, that I, can't, I don't have to preach at all. But yep, I'm back here today. And um, if you would have noticed, like I've been up on stage quite a bit and um, I hold the mic once in a while by service directing as I shared just now. And I noticed I've been up quite a lot. And in fact, there's actually a running joke in my team, in the staff team as well, that, that I am the service director pastor, SD pastor. <laughs> Thanks to you, Angelina, always putting me up. So last week I was on, if you were here for service, I was actually on stage um, service directing. And what happened was that a few aunties, God bless the aunties in this house, I love you, they came up to me and encouraged me and said, Miranda, you know, like, the Lord has really anointed you to to have a, you know, like a prominence on stage, you know, there's an anointing whenever you, you hold the mic and yada, yada, that kind of stuff, you know. I get those kind of compliments when I walk into the lifts or when I stand in front and that happens once in a while. And really, God bless the aunties in the house. I don't mean it as a joke, but it encourages me a lot um, because sometimes deep inside this, um, so to speak, very confident girl, there's a lot of insecurities that I'm scared to my... Pants, you know, 143 BPM here when I have to stand on stage like this and share a message. And these small little compliments actually give me a fuel to keep going. That, you know, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get everything right. And just speak your heart and the Lord will use you. And, and um, yeah, so just want to encourage the, really the older people in the house, you know, we are from the younger generation. I just want to encourage you to keep encouraging us. Amen. Yeah, so... Yeah, so behind all this, I may feel like I have everything together. And of course, last week's message, the title was, Are You Willing? It feels like a Sparta kind of thing going on, right? <laughs> like the 300, come on guys, you know, like there is a war going on. And is this church going to rise up to actually fight this battle? Are you willing? And everybody was like, yeah, and all that kind of stuff, right? And, but there are days 
when you feel like, I'm not ready for this, eh? I'm not ready, eh? And um, this pretty much sums up how I feel. I'm not ready for this. Look at the picture. Right? Nani? So, <laughs> anyway, that's uh, what in Japanese, okay? Like, what? You know, and that's typically how I feel whenever I'm called to do things that I'm not comfortable with. Nani? Okay, so bear with me, even as I speak today. And honestly, this sermon title actually speaks of a very large part of my life. I always say this, I'm not ready for this. And I don't know how many of you can resonate with me when you hear that phrase, you know. We're not always, are you willing? Yes! But sometimes you go like, I'm not ready for this, you know. Instead of that song, are you ready for this? But it's, I'm not ready for this, right? So, you will be hearing a lot of my personal story, my life, my journey of my, I'm not ready to do this, you know, I'm not ready for this moments. And I don't say this flippantly, that sometimes I feel like a coward, but some moments I do feel like a conqueror. How many of you resonate with that? Sometimes you feel like, oh, the one, the one, the one. And then sometimes you go like, yeah, I could do this. And I have a lot of all these coward moments and then the conqueror moments. It happens a lot. And I want to share my story. And when I share this story, I don't share it because I'm trying to show off or boast about myself. But I'm sharing this because there's nothing to be boastful about in my life. And when I share this, you know, it's about my story, God's glory. And I pray that as you hear the stories, it is not about me, but I want you to open up your spiritual ears to hear that it's the Lord speaking to you through my story. Can, can I have an amen for that? So that as you hear my story, it's not just, oh, that's a great story, but actually it's the Lord speaking to you too. So now we have landed on Judges 6 to 7. I promise I'm going to start the sermon really soon. So this person was actually featured here. The main guy from Judges 6 to 7 is Gideon. So he's like my long lost twin brother, I think, because he's like the guy that I would totally vibe with, that he totally gets me when I say, I'm not ready for this. And I, like, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, we totally relate that way. And what I'm going to talk about in this particular passage is that, you know, we are going to talk about his life being from a coward to becoming a conqueror. Come on, say that to me. Coward to a conqueror. That's what we're going to hear. So everybody say this to me. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> okay, when you do that, um, Pastor Chu, I promise that there is a good news behind this, okay? Your church is still ready. So I hope that makes you, the whole point of me saying that is that because in our lives, sometimes we just want to skip to the good part, right? Like we want to be the conqueror straight away. Come on, guys. You know, how many of you here use uh, Instagram? Instagram users? Yes, okay. I'm sure you've heard this real before. Let me skip to the good part. Then what, does, what happens next? Ah, right? <laughs> and then you go to like some amazing thing. But here's the other news that I want to share. That, you know, I'm not going to go like, let me skip to the good part. I'm going to go with, I'm going to skip to the good part. No. Because the good part is also a messy part. Because the messy part is the good part. And that's where we're going to dive into today the messy good part. Are you guys ready for that? Yeah? So you guys are not alone. We're all not ready for this, but we are going to, okay? Yeah. Okay, so very long introduction, and I promise I'm going to start now. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Dearly Father, I just really want to pray and thank you for this is the day that you have made. 
and we shall rejoice and be glad in it that we are so thankful that we can come together to worship you in spirit and in truth and hear your word. May you speak to us, open up our spiritual ears from those at the balcony to level five and to online that let no one be left behind, even for those of them who are tuning in on demand as well, that your lives will be changed by this living word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so I guess ready for a word? Thank God you said yes. <laughs> not, I'm not ready, okay? All right. So uh, we all remember Judges 6 to 7. Before that, it was, of course, as I shared, Deborah, Barak, and then Jael. They were the willing super warriors to actually fight for the Israelites, and they beat Sisera, and then all the enemies were gone, and then there was actually peace for about 40 years um, in Israel, which is really, really amazing. But unfortunately, it didn't take very long that the Israelites kind of lost sight of God and then they started doing things that are evil in the eyes of God and God became not too happy with them and he allowed them to fall into the hands of the Midianites, another bunch of enemies. So they were in such bad shape at a point in time that scripture actually says this in Judges 6, you know, Midian so, was so impoverished, the, so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to God for, uh, for help, okay? So Gideon was actually one of the Israelites, the dude who is not ready, the guy that is not ready. They were so afraid and they were so uh, oppressed by evil people of the Midianites for almost seven years and they ravaged their land. And what happened was that even though they were trying to plant crops, they were trying to, you know, like uh, feed their cattle, what the Midianite does is that they'll come in and just destroy everything. Even the places that they stay, they don't even have a proper shelter at all and they had to hide in caves. So their lives were like, I'm just scared all the time, okay? And of course, Gideon, I feel like he has every reason to be scared because the Midianites even killed his own brother. Imagine that. Like, his brother even got killed and if I was Gideon, I have every reason to feel scared, right? So, so let's... Can we skip to the good part? Well, um, how did we move from being coward to a conqueror? So from saying that I'm too fearful, I'm not ready for this, here's where I'm going to share the good part, to saying that I'm ready to fight. How do you fight from fear with faith? This is how it's going to look like here. How do you fight from fear with faith? That you need to have, see your own potential, have faith in your own potential, and then, of course, have faith in the promises of God and have faith in God's power. Three points that I need you to remember. So the first one, have faith in your potential. I'm going to read from Judges 6 here. You know, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So what's happening here is that Gideon was actually in a wine press, and God actually had a plan to deliver the Israelites from the Midianites, and he had chosen just the man for the job, the one who is not ready, <laughs> Gideon, okay? So God's choice was actually very highly unlikely. God called Gideon, of all people, who is actually a farmer from Manasseh, to become the deliverer of his people. So obviously, Gideon was not a superhero, he doesn't wear the Avenger badge, none of that, but he was actually a victim. He was a victim of all the societal ills where his 
family got killed, you know, he has nothing to eat. And in a typical common world, I believe that nobody wants to feature the victim, but everybody wants to feature the superhero, right? But Gideon's life was not about the story of strength, but his life was a story of weakness. What a counterculture message that God wants to bring with us. So Gideon took up the most space in the book of Judges. I read it somewhere. At least 100 verses compared to the rest of the judges, amazing people like Deborah, Barak, and all that kind of people, right? Gideon was the only judge whose personal struggles of his faith was actually recorded. And when I read that, it encouraged me that not everybody is, yeah, are you willing? And there are people who resonate with sometimes when we feel like cowards and say, I'm not ready for this, right? So he was crippled. He was enslaved to the Israelites. And he was such a prisoner of fear that he was so afraid that he would hide inside a wine press. As you can see from this picture, this is actually a wine press. It looks like a hole. And then you go in there and then you, you start to, you know, like make, bring grapes and all that. And that's how you actually make your wine. But he wasn't at the right place at the right time doing normal things. He was actually threshing weed in a wine press. Hey, wrong place, bro, you know? It's like so strange. Why is he there? And perhaps some of us can identify with Gideon's situation as well. You know why? Because my question to all of us here is, are you hiding somewhere in a wine press in your own dungeon of fear? I've come to realize this, you know, that so often we become so comfortable threshing wheat in wine press, doing the wrong things at the wrong place at the wrong time. Take a look at your life at the moment. Where are you? We've given them on ourselves sometimes that we're just settling for wrong things. And I felt like the Lord wants to speak with us even today. The enemy, because the enemy wants to shortchange the destinies of his people. And they are now comfortable doing something that they are not called to do. That's what Gideon was doing. And he loves, you know what he loves about this? You know what the enemy loves about this? Is when he can defeat God's purpose for his kingdom and he's on a mission to steal, kill, and destroy, like the Midianites. And you know, at that point in time, the Israel, Israel was just impoverished. There was no food, there was nothing, it was all bare, and that was exactly what the enemy wanted to see in Israel. I want you to take a look at your life right now. What's your life like? Are you impoverished? You know, are you hiding somewhere that you are scared? I feel like today God is looking at you today, all of us today. While you're busy threshing wheat, you know, trying to survive, what Gideon was actually doing was that he was just trying to survive. Because threshing wheat means food, right? I just want the basic things in life. I just want to do the simple things in life. I just want to eat. I want to hide inside my wine press. Please don't disturb me. But, you know, the Lord has a different plan for all of us. You know, in Scripture here, it says, in Judges 6 verse 12, it says this, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. 
dude, wow, amen. For me, I'll be like, yeah, man. <laughs> that would be my response, okay? <laughs> no one would actually anticipate that God would say that to Gideon, right? He's a dude who is hiding inside a wine press that had nothing happening in his life and all he did was doing the things at the wrong things at the wrong time. He's nowhere near where God called him to be. He, to the world at that point in time, he's just a coward. He's just hiding and living his life, eating his wheat. But God saw a potential and a conqueror in Gideon. And that's what God sees in you as well. Come on, church. You know, that's a message right there. And that's a good word right there that I want to speak to every single one of you here today. And if that's you, I have good news because have faith in your potential because God sees your potential even when you're hiding. Newsflash, my friends. You might be hiding, but the Lord knows where that wine press is, okay? Even in the hiding, He sees you. My question to all of us here is, what wine press are you hiding in? I'm not ready for this. Let me just hide in my little wine press and do my own thing. Your wine press could be like your secret place of hiding from fear. Could it be that you're hiding in your work so that you don't have to face your family because there's too much conflict happening? You're afraid that a fight would happen? Are you hiding in the comfort of your high-paying job? Can I poke some people here? That the Lord is calling you to invest in something greater in His kingdom. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of losing your comfort of finance? Wives, are you waiting for your men to do something? You know, when the Lord actually says that you are the neck that turns the head. I'm speaking to some wives here. You know, maybe you're thinking like, oh, he should lead the family spiritually. He should start the prayer altar. But the Lord could be telling like, hey, wife, you're the neck that turns the head. You know, what are you afraid of? Or maybe the Lord is calling you to initiate dinners with, you know, you know, friends and family who are not Christians. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid that people will reject you? Don't come? What about, are you, if, are you in an estranged relationship where you are hiding in your wine press of self-pity? You know, it's that person's fault, lah. You know, it's that circumstance, you know. It's not me, it's not my fault, you know. Are you blaming the circumstance? But when God is saying that you be the solution, you be the resolute, and go and say sorry. What are you afraid of? Afraid that the person won't forgive you when you say sorry? You know, the enemy is most happy when good men do nothing. And if you stay in that wine press like Gideon, you're just doing nothing. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. If you're listening to this message today and there's a stirring in your heart, wherever you're seated or tuning in online, there's a stirring in your spirit that God is calling you to come out and do something. Come out and do something. Have faith in the potential that God has put in your heart. You know, don't ignore it because the Lord is really speaking to some of you today. You know, you are that person that God has chosen because He calls you mighty men of fearless courage. You have done nothing yet, but He sees that potential in you. There is a harvest field out there that needs to hear the good news of the Lord. And they need to hear that in Jesus, there is hope 
our families, our workplaces, our schools, our colleges, everywhere, they need to hear that, you know, our, if they don't hear the good news, our nation will die in impoverished, like what happens to the Israelites at that point in time. This happens when Christians go into hiding. They hide in where? Sometimes it could be hide in church, you know. You just hide inside and don't do anything and just do your hulubala and worship here. That could be also a lie of the enemy. Just stay in church and don't go out. But I sense in my spirit that the Lord is calling the church to rise up and go out. Get out of your wine press. Come on. Everybody say this. I'm not a coward. I'm a conqueror. Have faith in your potential. And then the second one here is have faith in God's promises. You know, in Scripture, it says here in Judges 6 verse 13 to 18, it says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But you know, I want you to read this. How about instead of I read it, I want to get everybody to read it. Is that okay? So as you can see, there's two columns here. There is Gideon and God speaking. Can I get the people on my left, so the right side here, to read what Gideon is saying? And then this side, you guys can be God, okay? And you can read it so that we can hear each other speaking because there is power in proclaiming His Word. Come on, let's do it together. Come on, Gideon. Three, two, one, go. Why has all this happened to us? Where all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you, Gideon? Click. Oh, there you go. Okay. Gideon replied, but now how can you save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. You will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And then? If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering set before you. You know, when you read this scripture, I was just observing what Gideon, Gideon, all of you here say this, pardon me, God, pardon me, God. So, so in, in, in another Malaysian way of saying is, sorry, God, sorry, God, excuse me, God, excuse me, God, right? A lot of Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. So even though, I thought this is really very interesting, even though the Lord has given the promise to him and said it many, many times that I am going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. Am I not with you? Go in strength that have I not sent you? These are like promises, promises, promises from the Lord. And so many times that Gideon heard it, but his response was, was, you know, all negative, right? Pardon me, pardon me, sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, God, I'm the weakest, I'm the least in my family. He kept asking God for signs after signs after signs. And I've counted with my hands, there, there are about four signs that the Lord has actually given to him when he kept asking. You know, does that sound like some of us here, that God can't, you know, like, God, can't you see that I'm very weak? 
You know, like, I'm just a very young executive. I cannot do much in my company. You know, but God, what about, you know, like, what about if my family, you know, if I actually leave this high-paying job, what's going to happen to them? But God, I don't have money, you know. And then what about, you know, but God, I, I haven't got that building yet, so I cannot do anything. But God, you know, I'm actually physically very weak because I'm very old, you know. But God, I don't have manpower. But God, I don't have anything, I don't have any knowledge about this industry. Why are you calling me into this space? You know, like, you know, some of you, you might feel like, you're like Gideon and say, I am the least in my family. I'm the smallest. I am the one that is persecuted. But I really don't have what it takes, God. Are you sure you are sending me? I'm not ready for this. And you know, this sounds like, you know, in Malaysian context, right? I'm going to sum it up. It sounds like this. Die law, die law, die law, die law. Right? It sounds like that. It sounds like that, you know? But guess what? In Judges 6 verse 23, it says here, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. Wow, you know, he's also telling you that in your head, when you're proclaiming death, you're proclaiming your insecurities, your inadequacy, I'm not good enough, all that sort of things, the Lord says, peace, be quiet, that is the lie of the enemy, you are a man of fearless courage. That is the truth. And you know, but what I love about this story is that God is super duper 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 patient with Gideon, right? He meets him at where he's at. He met him at his hiding place, at the wine press. Literally, he was at an impoverished state with no confidence. I so relate to that sometimes. You know, he knows whether we are ready or not. Lanka, Demi, Lanka. That is the patience and the promise of God. And when I read this scripture, I really love how beautiful it is because the Lord prepares us for battle. He doesn't just kick you and throw you inside the battle. He prepares you. And you know, sometimes the first battle that he wants you to fight is a smaller one. And it is something that is close to home where he calls you to fight for your family first. You know, before can, God can bring you to go and conquer the world, conquer the nation, conquer the workplaces, the Lord says, conquer your home first. You know, in Scripture, it says here, let's read this. Oh, yeah, there you go. Let's read this. Oh, I think it's kind of skipped a little bit. Ah, there you go. All right, okay. Let's read this together, okay? Judges 6, verse 25 to 27. Let's read from the top. One, two, three. Same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of his height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took a tent of his servant and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and his townspeople, he did it at night rather than daytime. Get this in this situation. You know, sometimes the Lord calls you to contend and fight within your own family first. I want to speak to some of you here today. Are you facing some family battles? If that's you, the Lord is speaking to you today. That He's calling you to break down the Baal idol in your family. When you do that, you need to build a proper kind of altar in your family. Amen? I'm going to share my own personal story 
Let me tell you this story. When I graduated in Australia, any graduates from Australia in the house here? Yes, a couple of you? You? Yeah, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi. All right, okay. So I graduated from Australia and I got a permanent residency for within three months. I got a job there, a pretty decent uh, paying job and I was really very comfortable and I was also worshipping in a very good church. I was very happy there. I was also a leader and I've got a good thing going there at that point in time. And one of the Christmas holidays, I decided to come home, just take a short break. Um, I ended my contract at my workplace and I came home for a one-month break. And um, on one of the nights when I was at home, this was um, way back uh, in Penang, you know, I, I used to live there. I was awakened in the wee hours in the morning and I remember I checked my watch. It was 5 a.m. in the morning and I woke up tearing. I was crying my eyes out. I don't know why I was crying. And I, I felt led in my spirit to kneel on my bed and just pray. And the Lord says, pray for your family. And what I did was I, I was just obey because I don't know why I was crying. And I just prayed and prayed. And I just went back to sleep after that. And on that same day itself, my parents broke a very devastating news to me that my mom had cancer. And... Um, I was honestly devastated. I was um, frustrated, don't know what to do. I was paralyzed. And um, I remember at the time, you know, as every good parent would do, my mom, I was asking my mom, what do we do now with this whole situation? And my mom, you know, every parent would say that to their kids, you know, and say like, just go back to Australia, live your life, don't worry about me, everything's going to be fine. My heart sank because at that point in time, both my siblings were still studying I was the first to graduate at that time and um, I recently um, finished my contract at work and I was the most versatile one in that sense. I was flexible with my time and I was back home. And there was this stirring in my heart, you know, what am I supposed to do? Who's going to send my mom for treatment? What's going to happen? And um, I was paralyzed as a daughter because I loved my life in Australia. I have a good thing going there and I was not ready for this. I wasn't. You know, like, at that time, I remember I stayed on. This was Christmas all the way to, Chris, uh, to Chinese New Year. And um, I was writing my journal. And um, I, I wrote this and I asked God this question. God, what am I supposed to do with this situation? Do you want me to come home? What do you think if I come back home for good? If you want me to come home, show me a sign. I did a Gideon. I went to bed, and I remember that night back in Penang. Anyone from Penang here? Yes? You know, during Chinese New Year, right? The fireworks, right? It's crazy, right? It's insane. It was just going all out. It was like Lunar New Year, and I couldn't sleep. I, and at the same time, I was actually very stressed out because of my family. And I decided to just lie in bed, and suddenly, I felt a strong pressure press on me and I was paralyzed on bed. I felt like as if there was this thing lying on me, and I was just so, so scared. And I heard like there's this laughter at the left side of my ear, that there was this evil laughter laughing at me, as if there was a jeering sound. I was so petrified that I tried to proclaim the name of Jesus and nothing came out of my mouth. I was just so, so scared. And when I finally was able to move again, I just like cried and cried and cried to the Lord and just went back to sleep. And I woke up the next morning, 
you know, being the rational thinker that I was, I asked Mr. Google what it was. You know, I Googled and I found out that there is, there is this thing called sleep paralysis. You know, some of us might, be able to, might, might have heard that before. I could just say like, yeah, it's just like tired and there's sleep paralysis going on and stuff like that. But when I sought the Lord, I felt that there was more to what meets the physical. It was spiritual. It was very spiritual at the same time. And I was led to read scripture. The Lord led me to this scripture in Mark 5. And it was actually, you can read it for yourself that I didn't put it up on the screen. It was actually the story about the, the demon-possessed man that was actually healed when Jesus healed him and the spirits actually went to the pigsty and he was set free from demon possession. I don't know why I was led to read that, you know, like all these like gory stories in the Bible. And when I read that, I was like, wow, okay. And then this demon-possessed man was so awed by Jesus that he wanted to follow him wherever he goes. Sounds like a good idea, right? To be a follower of Christ. Just follow Jesus. Lah. But get this, in this scripture, Jesus said the opposite to him. He said this, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Wow. When I read, I read that passage, I was like, if that's not a sign, right? I don't know what it is, man. It says clearly, go home to your family. I knew that was my sign. And I knew that at that time, my family needed me. That at that time, my parents were not Christians and they were still worshippers of other gods. And there was a spiritual war happening in my family. There was a Baal in my family. And there was a spirit of death that is trying to rob my mother's life. And you know, when I read that passage, I could have been like, oh, you're scared, way, not ready. Way. But something in my spirit stood and said, I'm going to fight for my family and I'm coming home. I came back, I went, to, I went back to Australia and in three weeks, I packed everything and I came home. I knew, even though I was scared, I was not ready to come home, but I knew that I'm here and I'm, I'm ready to fight for my family, even though I know I was not ready for this. You know, and I remember time and time again when my mom was actually going through her treatment, she obviously had side effects. You know, sometimes um, I had to rush her to the hospital. And uh, for six months, I was jobless. I decided not to work. And all I did for that six months was I was just driving her to the hospital back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for six months. What was I doing with my life? I came out from a wine press. And I came home. I came out for a fight. And my fight was driving my mom to hospital. And um, I remember one time when she was lying in, on, on the back seat and she was in pain. And I was driving to Mount Erskine Hospital. Those of you from Penang would know that hospital. And I looked back and there was this thought that came to me. There's no place I'd rather be than sitting in this car right now, driving my mom to the hospital and be with her right now. That was my median to fight. That was my battle. And um, I stood in the gap for my family. It was a really, really long journey. But can I share this with you all? It was the best decision that I've ever made because now both my parents are believers of Christ. They've accepted Christ. And I remembered when I was with my mom in the hospital, she actually gave me this cross. She said, when mom gets well, we're going to go to the jewelry shop and I'm going to buy you a cross. 
She spoke that when she was not a Christian yet. And I knew that I was fighting the right battle. Friends, I don't know if any one of you here needs to hear this. Fight for your family. The enemy has no place in your family. Baal has no place in your family. You need to break down Baal in your family so that you can build the right altar, the Lord Jesus' altar, so that he can take his rightful place, build an altar for the Lord and have faith in God's promises because his promises keep saying this, I am with you. I am with you. Come on, church, repeat this with me. I'm not a coward. I'm a conqueror. Have faith in your potential. Have faith in God's promises. And have faith in God's power. Have faith in God's power. That's the third point there. So the Lord showed His faithfulness through His promises in Gideon's situation, right? And you can see that slowly but surely, Gideon was somewhat getting there. That he was kind of getting out of his wine press and say, I think I can do this, right? That was what's going on in his mind. And, um, the, and here's, here's what Scripture says in Judges you know, 7, when Gideon was ready to fight and say, you know what, God, I think I can do this. And the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of them fight, you know, if all of them fight, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. Wow, you know, tell anyone who is afraid, right, that you can look big and strong at the same time on the outside, but actually you're like an empty tin can. And what happened here is that the Lord knows there are some empty tin cans that are lying around among the 32,000 people that, that um, you know, Gideon had. So from 32,000 men, God actually said, if you are afraid, you can leave. So God actually gives us options. And I pray that none of us will be that 10,000. If you're afraid, you can go. And 10,000 men left. And from 32, he became 10,000. And God still says that there is still too many. Wow, God is really like on a roll here, right? And then Judges 7 here, it says here, 300 of them drank from cup hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. And the Lord said to Gideon, with this 300 men that left, I will save you and give you to the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So in this scripture here, they were sent to the stream to actually drink, as you can see from scripture here. And they, some of them actually drank like dogs, you know, like they used their tongue and actually just licked from the water. And the other ones actually knelt down to drink. So I know that there are many different schools of thought about lapping your tongue and drinking water. What is it like? There were a lot of different research about it. And some of them, some people, some scholars actually said that the 300 men that was actually chosen are the best men. But I have a different school of thought in this and I resonate with some scholars that actually found a different meaning to that. That God favoured the lappers, those who lap, you know, with their tongue, not because they were the best, because they were the weakest. Newsflash, God used weak people. Wow, right? God favoured the lepers because they were less civilised. Maybe they don't even know how to drink water properly. They were just licking from the ground. It looks pretty bad shape, right? Maybe they are more animalistic and perhaps they are not very intelligent and they were compared to the kneelers. And then, but the reality of it is that God did that because He wants to prove His main point, which is, I'm going to use the weak 
to shame the strong. Amen? So when I think of these 300 men, I couldn't help but imagine how they would be reading the Bible in today's context, okay? Maybe they're not very uneducated. Maybe their England not so good. Maybe, right? And um, this is the part where I'm going to wake you guys up a bit. Are you guys still awake? Yes? Okay, good. I hope you're catching something today. You are? Fantastic. So this is the part that's going to wake you up. Perhaps there is this language that might probably... Their language, right? All these uneducated lepers might sound a little bit like this. Can you see this from the screen? So it says here, <laughs> you see the downstairs, the ooh, ooh, bird. Everyday botokang, also God give them eat so full. You not bird, you even more no need scared. Okay? So, <laughs> that is, that's the Singlish Bible there, um, the new Singlish translation. No, I'm kidding. I mean, it's actually a joke, but um, that was probably what uh, I would imagine all these people who are actually not educated would actually sound like. You know, any guesses what this passage is? Anybody? The bird, whoop, Anybody? Matthew? Six, yes. Awesome. Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away buns and let your heavenly Father feed them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Praise the Lord. I hope you love your Bible more now. <laughs> okay. So, as I was actually reading this, I was like, wow, super funny way, these people, you know? Like, in fact, right, um, the next-gen pastors were just talking about having a Bible quiz. Maybe we can consider doing something like this and let people guess what the scripture is in Manglish or something. So anyway, when I was looking at this um, Instagram account, I thought it was so funny. It was so funny that, that I thought it's so bad but so good, you know. It's like eating, eating like chicken skin, fried chicken skin and like tofu or something, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and when I look at that passage, I was thinking, okay, God, I hope that they will give me a passage that I can use for this weekend. And guess what? Praise the Lord, they actually came up with one, you know, just three days ago, and it's this particular passage here. I'm not sure if you can see it. I'm going to read it. You think that the whole world quasway you, right? But actually, God will choose all those that other people quasway one. Then, those power one, right? God will use to make the powerful siasue. Like, like that, right? Then no one can howlian in front of God. And I hope, okay, so, come on. Which passage is this? Anyone can tell me. Where is this from? Anyone? Corinthians, very good. Yes, Pastor Twen. Corinthians, but God's chooses. Come on, let's read this together from the top. Together, one, two, three. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world that, and the despised things that the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before Him. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, come on, everybody say this, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Why don't we give a big shout of praise to the Word of God? I hope that encourages you to read the Bible more, <laughs> okay? So I hope I do, Pastor Chu, please don't fire me for using this translation. Uh, I promise this is going to be the last time and ever. <laughs> so I want to bring your attention to the founders of this particular page in Instagram. So recently, they actually shared in an article how they were actually inspired to start this account. They shared that they wanted to reach out to people who are not so good in English. And... Um, 
because they recount at a point in time, whenever they share the Bible, they tend to use very normal, everyday bahasa pasa, you know, things like, we, we, we don't always have to talk like theologians, you know, you know, to talk about the Bible, yeah? So, we can speak like Malaysians. You can speak like Singaporeans. Shout out to Singaporeans who are watching. And um, you don't need to have everything all put together to share the gospel. And the founder said this, he was one told, once told that he was not eloquent, his English not so good, and he found it very discouraging that he could not share the love of the Bible because he was not good enough. But you know, I'm so glad that this guy and this girl, they were they're actually a couple in their 20s, they decided to just do a Nike, just do it. And they started this account not knowing that this would actually go viral this way. And get this, God can use your broken English in his power. Come on, you know, you don't need to be a Bible theologian to preach the gospel. Come on, somebody. Yes, with your broken English, your broken Chinese. Hello, Pastor Gilbert, for come speaking Chinese while you're leading the Chinese church. Amen. You know, broken Bahasa, you know, you can do it. Let God use your weakness to boast in his power. God can use anyone. He can use cowards. He can use people who have let him down. He can use a young boy with five loaves and two fish. He can use a widow. He can use a prostitute even. He can use a divorcee. He can use a young kid. He can use an old man. He can use even a stutterer. Come on. Come on, somebody. God can use anyone. The enemy's attack in the battlefield of your mind cannot cancel God's promise over you. In your weakness, His power is made perfect. Amen? Scripture here, it says, My grace is sufficient for you. Why don't we read it together? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Come on, give a big shout of praise to Jesus. Come on, come on here. In Christ, you have everything you need to fight and win. I'm going to end really soon. What did they fight with? You know, in Scripture here, it says, I'm going to summarize this for a bit. You know, he placed trumpets and empty jars. This was, and also torches inside. And that was what the Israelites went in, in war for. You know, they used these things. You know, and of course, in Scripture, in verse 22, that's, the, that's my favorite part of the passage here. It says, when the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. Wow! How to fight war? How to fight with a torch? How to fight with a broken jar? And how to fight with a trumpet? Where's the sword? This is like a nani moment again, you know? Like, what is going on? You know, but the plan was really very simple. That each man was given a trumpet and an empty jar. What does that actually represent? And because it says here, a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. When they blew the trumpet, and it says that, you know, when they do that, I believe that the Midianites at the time were so surprised that they scattered and started to kill each other. The torch represents the saving light of Christ. And we all have it in our hands. 
And the clay pot is you and me. We are broken vessels, broken jars of clay, imperfect people. And because we are broken, God can use broken people. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you're broken. But God can use you. Yeah. And the best part is, here is the best part, okay? God is the one that causes the enemy to scatter and kill themselves. It wasn't the Israelites that killed the Midianites, but it was God. Because why? The battle is not physical, but it is very, very spiritual. In Scripture here, it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and the authorities of the unseen of the world, against mighty powers in the in dark world, and against evil spirit in the heavenly places. Get this, trumpet. Come on, everybody. Trumpet, what is, what is that? Sound, yes. What item is it? Instrument, right? So here's the good news. Worship is your weapon. You don't need a physical sword. You need a trumpet. I see a picture, even as I close really soon, of an army holding a trumpet, an instrument, and I want to speak to somebody today that your weapon for your fight is a worship. We need to worship the Lord. Put Jesus back on the throne. Maybe for the longest time, you have not been worshipping Jesus. And Baal has took that seat. You need to break it right now. You need to worship and lift Jesus back on the throne over your situation. And Get this, I want to encourage you. You don't need 32,000 men. You only need 300 willing men. If you cannot do it alone, come to church. Worship together. You have an army here to contend together with you. Whatever your situation may be, the enemy is here to destroy, but it's self-destruct in the sword of the Lord through the blow of worship. Amen? I'm going to end right now by sharing my story again. You know, after conquering that I'm not ready for this moment, I left Australia, came back to Malaysia for good. I'm wondering, what's in it for me, God? Am I going to be here in Malaysia for good? Why did you call me back to Malaysia? And a lot of it happened in my workplace, my career. I graduated as an accountant. I was trained to look at numbers. But looking at, just looking back at my leadership journey, my career journey, it had nothing to do with numbers at all. Surprise to those who studied accounting, you might not be practicing it, who knows, right? Yeah. And um, for those of you from being an accountant, what happened was that I, from being an accountant, I became a business researcher. And from being a business researcher, I was called to full time and I came in um, to work with Pastor Liju as her PA. That was my first job coming into SIBKL almost nine years ago, I think. Yeah. And I remember when I made that transition, honestly, was I ready? The answer is no. And there were many people that came forward to me and looked at me, are you sure you want to work with Pastor Liju? <laughs> oh, thank God she's not here. Anyway, so, and, and when that, when, you know, it puzzles me because sometimes these voices can also be people close to you. Are you sure? And, um, you know, no shade to those people, but when I heard that, I felt that even though I was not ready, but I had that peace that the Lord has called me in there. Was I ready? 
No. But I chose to come out from my fear of losing the comfort of my corporate job. Like Gideon before that, I asked for many, 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 many signs. So many that I cannot count with one hand. And finally, I said yes. And I came in full-time into SIBKL almost nine years ago. From coming out from a decent career in the marketplace, I did a lot of admin work. Sometimes I've been called the secretary and all that kind of stuff. I struggled a lot with my insecurities. I'm a graduate accountant, but sometimes I'm being called there and I wrestled with those thoughts. But through those times, I became comfortable as well. I became comfortable with admin work. It became a hiding place. It became a comfortable wine press. Then I, asked, I was asked in 2016 to lead the com- communications and publicity team of probably the biggest event that SIBKL ever held at that time, E16. Anyone remembers E16 here? Yeah? And um, I was a trained accountant. I did admin work. But I was called to do media stuff. Publicity? I know nothing. I was not ready. I don't have what it takes to do anything of that sort. And um, I had no prior experience, but God in His promise and His power, I had faith in that, that He used a weakling like me to lead that team. And when I look back, that whole event in Stadium Shah Alam, Malawati, I remember, that almost the whole two nights was packed with people. And when I look back, I was just awed that this cannot be me. That there was over 12,000 people packed at that whole stadium declaring salvation, declaring healing. And I saw young people coming together and that really stirred my heart and I know that that cannot be me. That God used a weak person like me to do great things. And because of that experience, it led me to my next calling, which was the media ministry. Was I ready for this? No. In the flesh, I wasn't. I'm not trained to this. And how can I lead a media team of a church as big as this? I remember the first time I took the hard drive from the previous, the predecessors, the previous ministry leader, and I sat in the office in the staff room. I took out the, the hard drive and I watched it. And I felt so troubled because, wow, there is no way I can lead like them. And I actually broke down and cried. Those were my wine press moments. I know technical skills, but all I can offer at that point in time was I was just willing. I said yes, God used my weakness so that I may not boast. I was getting used to what I was doing and said that I'm, and I know that God was not done with me yet. And then the most recent one happened. The most recent one, a transition took place this year that our young people in the campus ministry needed a new shepherd. You know, I can show you from the screen right here. Was I ready for this? No. Do I have what it takes? No. I I thought I would never understand their world because I thought I was too old for this. You know the word sheesh, right? In my time, it used to mean annoying, annoyance, right? But you know what sheesh means now? It's bragging, excitement, it's actually good. Gosh, I have so much to learn. I have no idea. But God 
called me out in my potential. My sheesh God called me out in my potential. I have faith in the promises of God and I know that I can do this in my weakness through His power. If not me, then who? Because I cannot stand to see young people being stolen away by, by the enemy. I pray and I want to save them all if I can. And I pray that the Lord will use me even in my weakness to be able to do this. Not only because I'm ready, I will never be ready. But what I can offer is that I am willing. You know, it's being willing and not ready is a great recipe for success. Do you realise that? Because when you are willing and you're not ready, God will show His power. Come on. Come on, somebody. Because I know that I have a trumpet to blow and that trumpet is not to blow for myself, but it's a trumpet to blow for the Lord. By saying yes to coming home to Malaysia, I fought for my family. That was my first step. And now God gave me a bigger battle to fight. He gave me the media space and He gave me the next gen. And now I want to believe the Lord is calling SIBKL to save the nation. You know, fight with what you have. And I want to just share this, you know, like just in a couple of days time on Wednesday, come for the Pacha training. Do your part as a citizen to volunteer yourself to be a polling agent, accounting agent because this is your land that you need to defend. Come out from your wine press, sign up for this, find your place and fight for your nation. And if you can't do Pacha, you can also pray. You can go to the MUFW website, the, the Malaysian United Firewall, adopt a constituency and pray for that constituency because there is power when you declare and when you worship. Fight with what you have. Fight with your armour. Fight with your torch. Fight with your broken vessel and fight with your trumpet. Come on, everyone, why don't you rise to your feet? We're going to just worship right now and I just felt like I know we are kind of running a little bit over time, but I still want to open the altar. If you need to go, you can quietly leave. But I want to just open this altar right now that the Lord is speaking to someone. The Lord is speaking to someone. God, I just felt in my picture, even as I was worshipping, that the Lord showed me wine presses. And He's showing many, many people who is going to be coming out from the wine press because some of you here, you've been calling out to God and asking for signs after signs after signs. And God gave Gideon four signs. And the Lord says, enough of signs. Come out from your wine press. Get out from your wine press and do it. If the Lord is stirring in your spirit right now to do something, why don't you just close your eyes and let the Lord speak to you. And I want, I just, as I see people coming out from wine presses, I want to open the altar right now. And I want you to come forward. Come forward right now. And, and just worship the Lord because that is actually going to be your weapon, amen? Why don't we just worship even right now? As I, even as I pick this song, I want to share this with all of you. As I was picking this song, when I think about battles, I thought initially, I thought why not sing something like, I'm going to see a victory or like sing songs like, you know, like Hail, Hail, Lion of Judah and stuff like that, right? But I felt that I was reminded of this song that I always sing when I was at my lowest in my confidence, when I was in my wine press, in Christ alone. And I feel that maybe some of you here feel that way as well. And He meets you at where you're at, in your wine press. And I want you to come forward and declare with your trumpet that I want to come out from my wine press. The Lord is calling His church to rise up and come out for your wine press. Defend your family, defend 
your workplaces and defend your nation. Let's worship together as the Lord speaks to us. And if you feel led to come out, I sense the Lord is speaking to many of you here. Wine press, come out of your wine press. Let's worship from the top. You know, church, this is a, it's a powerful message. One thing that really caught me is, what are you fighting for? What are you fighting for today? And the altar is open for anybody who is in a fight. Because you, everybody is in a fight. But today we want to pray for you. Because I sense that some people here, you are fighting for your children, your children's destinies. And today we want to pray for you. We invite you to come forward. We want to pray for you and fight together with you. Some of us here, we're fighting for our own destinies. We're fighting for our work. We're fighting for our health. And I want you to come forward because we want to pray together with you. Some, some of us here, we're in a fight for in our workplace. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're not getting the promotion that you, that you desperately want. Maybe you're looking at retrenchment in a low economy. Maybe you're worried about your business. I want you to come on forward because we want to pray alongside you. We want to fight together with you. In worship, we're going to believe that God will fight for you. Thank you, Jesus. What are you fighting for? What are you fighting today? Some of us here, and this is the last one before we're going to sing this song again. Some of us were fighting for our spiritual life. We're saying, God, I'm here, but I'm not too sure. I'm not ready for this. I don't know whether I'm ready for a fight, but today God is calling you out to say that He wants to restore your spirituality. Just like Gideon, when He called Gideon in a wine press, He's calling you today. And if you feel that your heart is fluttering, if you feel that that could be you, if you're not too sure, if you're asking God, God, is this me? 100%, I guarantee you, it is you. And He's, and he's calling you out. And we want to pray together with you. The pastors are here. The leaders are here. We want to fight together with you. We want to pray together with you because today you're gonna, you may come into this sanctuary. I am not ready, but you are going to leave this sanctuary saying, I am ready. I am ready for this fight. I will fight for my nation. I will fight for my family. I will fight for my spirituality. Hallelujah. So the altar is open. Just come on forward as we sing these songs. A powerful songs, one of my favorite songs. Come on forward, the leaders and the pastors, we will pray for you. Why don't we sing it from the top? I want to say one last thing before I get Pastor Miranda to close. The worship will still play because I know ministry is happening up front. But there are some of us here that you're saying to yourself today, I don't have the strength. I cannot go on. I cannot press on. Today as we pray for you, and I pray for you, and then I'm going to get Pastor Miranda to close. I'm going to pray that you have that strength. I'm going to pray that you leave this place with strength, not of your own, but strength that God has imbued upon you. We thank you, Father God. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you, Father Lord, Father God, for your sheep, your, your, your people. We thank you for your church. Lord Jesus Christ, all of us here, we stand before you saying, in our own strength, we achieve nothing. In our own strength, Father God, we're not good enough. In our own strength, Father God, we're not qualified. We don't know what we're doing, Father God. Lord God, but by Your strength, You qualified us. But by Your strength, You imbue us, Father God, with that grace, with that mercy to continue pressing on, to continue pressing on and to fight for the things of God. So today we fight for families. We fight for the destinies of Your children. We fight for the destinies of Your work. We fight for the purposes and the calling that each of you carry in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank You, Father God, that You are good in Jesus' name. So the ministry will continue its front as Pastor Miranda closes the service. We thank You, Father God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I just 
truly want to pray and thank you, Lord Father, for today that I really believe, Lord Father, that you have spoken your word in season, O God. That I pray, Lord Father, for fearless courage, Lord Father, to arise even in the men of God and the women of God, even in this house, O God. So God, I just pray and thank you, Lord Father, even as you continue to minister in this house, that God, I pray for any one of us here that still needs encouragement, just as how you have encouraged uh, Gideon, O God. God, I pray that the altar will continue to be open even as you minister. Even as we close the service today, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you shalom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' most precious name and all God's people say aloud. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone.